Life Audio. As we serve on mission, regardless if it's here in the States or on a mission trip, I think it's always important to remember that we don't want to just look at the symptoms. We want to look at the systems and the strongholds. So we're going to dive into that a little bit today. Hey friends, welcome to the Hearing Jesus podcast. Do you sometimes doubt if you're truly hearing God's voice or if it's really your own? And how do you know the difference? Do you ever struggle to feel confident in your relationship with God and what he says in his word? Do you sometimes feel stagnant or like maybe you hit a wall in your spiritual life? Hey, I'm your host, Rachel Grohl, missionary, author, pastor, and life coach. And I have been there. I too was doubting God's voice in my own life. I felt insecure about my relationship with him, and I wanted to be obedient to what God was calling me to do, but I wasn't quite sure how to figure out what that was. I felt like I was wasting time trying to figure it out, and I just wanted a way to understand his will for my life. The answer for me was found in the pages of the scriptures, as I learned how to understand what they were actually saying. If you're ready to grow in your faith and to step confidently into the calling God has for you, then join me as we dig deep into God's Word so that you can learn to live out your faith in your everyday life. Hey friends, welcome back to the Hearing Jesus Podcast. I'm your host, Rachel Grohl. Today I want to share a little bit about this idea of symptoms versus systems and strongholds. And I shared earlier this week about how one of our ministry philosophies at Children of the Nations is sustainability. And for a long time, um, every week we would have, we have prayer meeting every week and we pray about, um, we highlight one of the countries and one of our operating principles. And we spend some time in prayer for the kids and our staff that are in each of those countries. And for a long time, I observed that the things that we were praying for were largely symptoms. They were symptoms of some deep root issues. And I made the decision that from a position of prayer, I want to start praying against the root issues or the root barriers to the gospel. And there's only so much you can do as far as external research. Um, There's incredible value to the local staff, the local context, the people that live and work there. And so I had in mind, of course, um, this was my first trip to the DR, even though I've worked with the DR for almost three years. Um, prior to the pandemic, most of my work was in Costa Rica. And so I really had not been to the Dominican Republic before, even though I work very closely with the staff, largely because of the pandemic. And so I had done my research kind of thinking what I thought the spiritual strongholds were. And um, when I went this week, I had the opportunity to sit down with a dear friend who who lives in the DR, who has been a, a missionary um, all over the world, practically, and understands very well the culture that she is serving in. And so we sat down, kind of not knowing what we were going to be even talking about, but knew that the Lord had brought us together for this specific reason and this specific timing. And especially after three years of praying about being together. And so we recognized that this was a special time that the Lord had for us. And we wanted to spend some time in prayer for our program, for our kids, for our staff. And I said to her, you know, I recognize the symptoms. You know, by symptoms, I mean um, in the area that we work in, uh, of course, there's poverty. And with poverty comes, um, you know, education issues and um, electricity and running water and all those things. But to me, 
all of those things are symptoms of a larger problem. And, and I want to look at what are the symptoms, I'm sorry, what are the systems that contributed to these symptoms? But beyond the systems in the physical, what are the strongholds? What are the barriers to the gospel? What are the things that the enemy is using to keep people bound? And I honestly thought that uh, spiritual warfare or something along those na- that nature was going to be what she said, because the area that we work in is uh, along the Dominican-Haitian border. And um, of course, you know, most of us know or are aware that there's a lot of voodoo um, that comes across the border. And so um, that's heavy and it's difficult and it's hard to work in, uh, especially with a Christian organization in that environment. And so that's what I honestly predicted she would have said. And so I asked her, I said, what, you know, what do you, in your opinion, what are the strongholds that we need to start attacking in prayer? What are the things that we need to pray against? And she said, ignorance. And it kind of caught me off guard a little bit. I didn't expect that. And I asked her to elaborate. And she said, well, there's three kinds of ignorance. There is the kind of ignorance, meaning people can't read or write. And so when you're in scenarios where people, including adults, cannot read or write, there's just that it's an ignorance that's there within the culture. The second kind of ignorance is for those that can read and write but they reject Jesus. They reject the gospel. And so any hope for systemic change or life change or, or hope is, is really squashed because they reject the gospel. And she said, but the third kind, the third kind of ignorance is the worst kind. And she said, those are people that can read and they can write and they know Jesus, but they don't obey him. And she said, there are people Within that context, pastors, not our staff, not our, our church staff, um, but in the country, there are people that will go to the witch doctor to ask them to help them fill up their churches. And so the result of that, of course, is an ignorance spiritually. And she said that, honestly, is the worst kind. And she shared with me a story of a woman. Um, that she knew. And, and, you know, I will say that when she shared that with me, I thought, man, I just, I felt so discouraged because I I felt like, how can I, how can I impact this? How can I, all the resources in the world aren't going to help if, if there's this spiritual battle that's happening and, and that's going on in the meantime. And she said, don't be discouraged because the Holy Spirit is powerful. And so she shared the story about this woman that she knew of that, um, all of her grandchildren, um, her, so she had a daughter and her daughter kept having these, these babies. All of her grandchildren were given to the witch doctor. Meaning when the baby was born, each time the daughter would take the baby to the witch doctor for whatever reason. And I, that for me is not incredibly clear the reasons why that would happen. Perhaps it was for some sort of blessing from them or protection or medicine. I'm not sure, entirely sure. But um, one by one, five babies all died when she took them to the witch doctor. And and um, my friend had been ministering to this woman for years, years and years. And one night in the middle of the night, she had this banging on her door. 
And as she opened her door, this woman says to her, I need Jesus. I need him right now. And here, her, her daughter had gotten pregnant again. And she said, I'm sick of these babies dying. We need to give this baby to Jesus. And so she um, came to faith in Christ that night. And when this baby was born, they gave the baby to Jesus. Now, this initially decision was just kind of selfish because she didn't want her grandbabies to die anymore. But they dedicated that baby to Jesus. And she came back and said, which doctors are death, but Jesus is life. And so, you know what? In that situation, she couldn't read or write. So there was this level of ignorance. But she knew Jesus because she watched the way that he worked in her life, in the life of her daughter, in the life of her grandchildren. That woman wanted to tithe. This is a little bit later. And, you know, we're talking about people that live in extreme poverty. And um, she wanted to tithe, but she had nothing. She had no finances. She had no income. And um, she had been praying about it. And the Holy Spirit told her to give bananas. Now, in a lot of countries that we work in, which is interesting because we don't have this here in the United States, there are fruit trees and there are, um, there, there's free food for, for people that are able to grow it. We don't really have that. And I feel like that's something we really need to pursue. But anyway, she had these bananas and she said, okay, well, I don't have anything but these bananas, but God told her to give them all. So she was older, um, but she cut, I don't know if you've ever seen bananas, how they grow on the tree, but there's quite a few of them. It's a big bunch of bananas. Um, so she cut them down and she threw them over her back and she had to walk to the city. It was a one hour walk. And when she got to the city, there was uh, somebody there that offered to buy all of those bananas from her for 20 Haitian dollars. And so... Um, for her, that was an incredible amount of money. So when she came back, um, God told her to give all of it to, to the church for her tithe. And so she did. And a week later, a missionary came that was visiting from the States. And um, she didn't even approach this woman. She approached my friend and she said, can you give this to that woman over there? And she pointed her out and she said, God told me to give this to her. And so when my friend delivered this envelope, she opened it up. It was 20 American dollars. And that lady danced and danced and danced. And she just cried. And she said, I knew it because my God is faithful. Okay, we're going to take a quick break. And when we come back, we'll continue talking about the root cause of those sins that keep us bound. Stay tuned. And to me, that is such a beautiful picture of how God can work through the midst of what seems like impossible circumstances to make himself know. And so I think in many ways we have a similar problem, a stronghold of ignorance in America. And um, maybe we don't have quite the problem with people not knowing how to read or write. Um, but we certainly have people that know Jesus that are not obedient to him. Or they have resources, they can read and write, they have jobs, but they don't want anything to do with Jesus. And of course, you know, we have children that can't perhaps read or write yet, but they are certainly capable of having a relationship with God. And so 
I would like you to kind of maybe just think on that this week as you're thinking about ways to serve or ways to uh, share the gospel, not to be encouraged, to realize that um, regardless of our own attempt or our own work, that God is working behind the scenes, that God is doing amazing, incredible things in the lives of his children, not just here in the States, but across the world. And I hope that that story encourages you the way it encouraged me. And it helps you to realize that despite what the world would say, that we have a God that says yes when everybody says no. We have a God that is a provider and that what he's looking for is obedience. Lord God, I thank you for um, the incredible way you continue to move my heart when I hear stories like this um, from our counterparts that are living in country. God, I pray for a blessing for them. I pray for peace for them. I pray for provision for them. God, I pray that you would fill them up to overflow as they serve you there, not just in the Dominican Republic and Haiti, but across the globe, Lord God. I, I pray for them and I lift them up right now. Lord, I pray um, for our friends that are listening today that you would perhaps start to move them towards this idea of going on a, a trip with us going or going on a trip with their church or, or whatever context that they have access to. Lord, um, maybe perhaps plant the seed there and um, we will pray for that to continue to grow as you nurture that in them. Lord, I thank you and I praise you for who you are and who you long to be in our lives. In Jesus' name, amen. I know you've been frustrated with being confident in how to tell the difference between hearing from God and wondering if it's your own voice. Listen, I know. I've been there myself. That's why I wrote the Bible study, She Hears, Learning to Listen to Jesus. This is a six-week study that takes you through the book of John, looking at six women in the life of Jesus. It also teaches the color method of Bible study, which helps you to learn how to really understand the scriptures. I include lots of cultural and historical information, and it really makes these familiar passages of scripture just come alive. This is a great study to do on your own, to do with some girlfriends or even some teenage girls, and it will help you really gain the confidence in how to hear from the Lord and set you up with some tools that will stay with you long after the study is over. You can find that on my resources page at shehears.org, where there are also some really good resources to help you in your spiritual growth. I pray that they are a blessing for you. I want to take just a second to thank the team at Life Audio for their partnership with us on the podcast. If you go to lifeaudio.com, you'll find dozens of other faith-centered podcasts in their network. They've got shows about prayer, Bible study, parenting, and more. Hey friends, if this podcast helped encourage, empower, or equip you for God's call on your life, I would love it if you would head over to Apple Podcasts and leave me a review. That's the number one way you can support my show. You can also join our free Facebook community or Instagram page where I share inspirational tips, resources, and prayer throughout the week. Hey, I want you to know I'm praying for you this week. Know that you are loved, you are cherished, and you are His.